This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the world championships on the Big Island. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us. Happy Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that we release it, we're just uh, a few weeks away from announcing the winner of our contest that we've been running here at the Cone Edge. We are giving away an entry into an Ironman race. If you're listening to the podcast, and uh, gee, the numbers have been incredible. Thank you for downloading uh, and listening to the podcast, first of all. Uh, it's just growing from strength to strength. But uh, there are a, a good few thousand people that listen to this podcast. And uh, yeah, we've only got a couple of hundred entries uh, in to, uh, or not even a couple of hundred, it's just over a hundred entries in for, for the contest. So uh, if you want to win yourself an entry into an Ironman race, all you need to do is head over to this URL, okay? It's thekonaedge.com forward slash win. That's W-I-N. And uh, yeah, if you leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and enter the contest, I could be paying for your Ironman. It's as simple as that. So go check it out. Thekonaedge.com forward slash win. You've only got a few more weeks to do it. So uh, yeah, go check it out. Leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and uh, send us your details. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I could be sending some money your way, which I think is pretty cool. I'd love to enter, but because I work, yeah, I can't. And uh, it just wouldn't be right if I won it, wouldn't it? Yes, correct. So uh, I'd love to give it to you. So go and do it. TheConeEdge.com forward slash win. Enough of me babbling on. Uh, let's get straight into today's guest. And it's a, a pretty cool story, someone that I relate to a lot because we've got very similar backgrounds. Uh, both work in radio. Uh, thankfully, I don't do morning radio. I do afternoon radio. I get to sleep in a bit. Uh, I don't have to wake up at half past three in the morning, but James Wilson does. And we'll chat a little bit more about that on today's podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome uh, James Wilson onto the onto the podcast. James, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. God, thanks for having me on, Brad. Cheers. James, I'm, I'm super stoked to, to be able to chat to you because we, funnily enough, started chatting online prior to your Kona experience. And I said, all right, here's the deal. You, you go race. When you get back, we'll chat. And that's what we're doing now. So uh, let, let's touch on, on Kona 2016, if, if we can, before we, we dig a bit deeper. Uh, it was a, a tough day out, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, something I've never experienced that before, anything kind of like that. I mean, it was incredible, the... The minute we kind of touched down in uh, in Kona from from leaving again, it was it was fantastic. But the, I mean, the race itself was just as hard as and brutal as as everyone makes out it what it, it to be. Um, beautiful in its own right, the, the the swimming, the scenery, everything around it. But um, it definitely took a chunk out of me and spat me out the other side. <laughs> so much so, do you want to go back, or have you had enough of that now? I think I think that that box is ticked. I think I've uh, yeah scratched that itch and all the other kind of cliches that come with it. It was um, I didn't I I left it all out there. I blew up, uh, but I left it all out. I can't have done any any more than what I did leading up to it and and in the race. So I've kind of satisfied my um, my, my my need to do it. And I, and I know that the uh, the mentality around this whole sport is to oh, I could have done this better I could have done that better I, I'm, I'm going to go back and have another go but genuinely think I've um, kind of left it all out there and, and can't have done any better. Well, it's five five weeks post. Uh, you, you've been <laughs> we're talking off here. You've been hanging out on the dark side essentially for the last five weeks, slowly getting back into it. That's needed, isn't it, to to take a bit of a break, uh, especially after a big build up and a and a tough race. You need to be able to switch off and and almost go back to normal for a while. 
Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I did a um, challenge Weymouth last October uh, and then, uh, sorry, October 2015. And then all of a sudden it's the build up to that and then the build up to uh, Ironman UK and Bolton. I've almost trained for a year solid. Um, and then once I'd, I qualified at Ironman UK uh, in July, it was all of a sudden, well, there's another eight weeks now on top of what I thought was going to be my end point. Um, so yeah, hit a year kind of training. It was it was so important just to for me to consciously take a four weeks off and do nothing, hang out on the dark side, um, say no, say yes to everything. Um, uh, whatever's put in front of me, I'll eat it. Whatever's put in front of me, I'll drink it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a famous boxer in the UK called Ricky Hatton, and someone described me as going full Ricky Hatton at the minute. <laughs> so, and he likes to. Um, he likes to have a, a good wind down after each fight. So yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's been so important just to kind of rest up, take four weeks off, um, enjoy kind of just, you know, doing things that I've been sacrificing. So, not in this entire lead lead up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I always joke. I go on a seafood diet. If I see food, I eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <there's, laughs> uh, not much left after. After I'm still kind of on training portions <laughs> that's the problem Let, let's t- touch on on sort of and, and and i'm fascinated by what you do for a living and and, and this whole journey because you you come you're, you're in radio you're a, a producer for a breakfast show where, where you live and and those hours we can chat about in a moment as well but traditionally radio has been this i mean if you look at over the years it's been this coffee drinking cigarette smoking it's not the healthiest of lifestyles how, how did you end up radio and, and iron manning it, it just in my mind doesn't go together no no especially breakfast radio when um all of a sudden about seven o'clock someone says bacon butty um and everyone's on board all of a sudden so uh um yeah it's just i, I had so much free time in the afternoon by myself because it's it breakfast radio you kind of finish by two three o'clock in the afternoon and all your friends are still at work and there's a there's a lot of downtime so it's like I've got to kind of do something with this um started out just kind of plodding I've always been into a mountain biking so I used to pop out on the mountain bike for an hour and then thought I'll turn I'll have a little run here and here and there as well so I just literally was trying to fill the time of in the afternoons until someone (laughs) got got home that I could hang around with It's interesting you say that because people must be listening to this and go, gee, that's amazing. I'm going to get myself a job in radio. Breakfast radio sounds like a winner because, as you say, you're done by 2 o'clock. But you forgot to, to, to tell us that you're actually getting up at half past 3 to go to work and, and where a lot of people are, are going and training maybe at 4 or 5 o'clock before work, you, you're getting up to go to work. So it's not like you can get a session in before work. It's it's not that easy, as as, as great as it sounds. Uh, that that over time does build up a bit of a bit of sort of fatigue and, and, and particularly long term you, you always feel tired when you're waking up at that time of the morning to go to work certainly yeah I've, I've been doing breakfast radio for 10 years and, and getting up at 3 30 is is no is no easy task really and, it, and it, it's it's hard to um you're living kind of like in in jet lag for the entire time so you get home from you're still getting your kind of eight nine hours work day in just like everybody else and um then when you get home from work that's kind of like everyone else getting home at, at 6 30 i suppose and thinking about trading thinking about having dinner after a long day at work so it's exactly the same it's just i'm kind of living my life probably three or four hours ahead of everyone else it's like living in a different time zone 
yeah, sometimes it's nice if you get home in time to have like a little afternoon nap. You can sneak a little hour in here and there, but they're very, um, very few and far between those <laughs> those ones. Let, let's talk about your athletic endeavours. You mentioned you used to potter around on a on a mountain. Mike, where did where did the the thought of triathlon first come into your mind? Yeah, well, well I grew up uh, racing motocross and, and mountain bike, and we got to an all right standard at that, and um, used to love that. Um, you know, again, another individual sport, which I think is the, the common theme in, in a lot of these uh, journeys. Um, but I'd signed up for Manchester Marathon in uh, 2012, um, completely on a whim, never really done anything like that before. I just thought it was a, a challenge to take on. Um, and I had a few kind of, you know, those usual uh, new to running injuries, uh, struggled with my IT band. Um, and I went to see a physio and... Uh, we got chatting away on the on the table as you do, and um, he mentioned that he was doing uh, Ironman UK uh, in a few months' time. So, you know, I thought I popped down and watched that. Kind of been going to see him a few times, so um, got to know him. So I'll pop and watch him do this Ironman thing that he told me about. Um, absolutely fascinated by it, and signed up the next day for Ironman 2013, um, and that was it. Really, I just. Um, Got my head down, followed uh, followed the plans that he was he was sending me, and I didn't tell anyone I was actually doing the race until kind of about five weeks before the race because I wasn't I was still not sure if I was going to make it, <laughs> so I, I'd signed up for it and trained, but no one knew apart from me and me and my my coach. <laughs> I love that. And was it the build up? Was was that first one and the build up to it harder than you thought it was going to be when you first signed up, or, or did you go, hey, that doesn't look too hard. I could do that, and and it turned out to be a, a lot tougher along the way. Oh, I was just I was fascinated by these the uh, not just the kind of physical things I was seeing going on. I was just the the raw emotion of the entire day of seeing people crossing the line after, uh, at various different states um and I was like I want a, I want a piece of that and um it was tough it was tough it was um I'm lucky enough to live kind of about 15 miles from the Ironman UK course so I did manage to get a couple of nice uh rides recce rides in so I, I the course wasn't too um overwhelming by the time, time race day came around uh, but again my kind of history of uh, running niggles left I, I hadn't run more than 12 miles in the build-up to that race and then all of a sudden you're getting through this 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 huge event on purely on a, a adrenaline and uh just creating your teeth and, and getting around so it, it was it was as hard um i couldn't move for days after that race and uh and i and, and i loved that i loved that feeling of uh of it it was it was something i'd never experienced before like just the whole um nervousness around around that week before and and, and i'd never kind of put that much effort into anything <laughs> um just in the in the sessions going up to it I, I was pretty new to swimming and um the mountain biking had always been there in my legs over the years so i knew i've always been a decent biker um but i was just trying to kind of fill in the gaps around that as far as that that first experience, was it a case of once it's done? I mean, you mentioned that cone of the box is ticked. Did, did you have that feeling, or, or did you think, you know what, this is cool. I, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so I'd uh, again took a couple of weeks off uh, after that first Ironman, and um, I think my, the, my my coach that I was working with, a guy called Paul Savage, um, he was kind of sitting by the phone waiting for me to say what's next. Then. Um, 
I wasn't just going to be a one and done. I don't think. Um, and and I didn't really know much about this entire sport, so it's not really been my lifelong dream to get to Coda. I'd only discovered this sort of three years ago. Um, but when I went to the awards the next day and I saw these people kind of getting caught up on stage and being told they qualified for Coda, I was like, wow, that's um, that's where I want to be, I think. So um, I got decided there and then. It's like one day I'll, I'll get there. And, um, and yeah, it kind of just manifested from there. It was, uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a niggle that uh I, again i hadn't kind of satisfied i got around i completed and now i wanted to go out and actually have a good a good go at it and see what i, I possibly could do did, did that come from uh, you you talk about doing motocross and that growing up the competitiveness there did, do you think that came from that that it's it's one thing just doing one and finishing it but when when you do have a bit of a competitive bone in your body you always feel that you you could do things different and ironman's a, a a great sort of canvas to do that because it's so long and and there's so many different aspects to it that you always feel there's something you could do better oh yeah the the, the variables that go into it you'll always feel that um something didn't go right on the day here or something didn't go there not many people have the perfect day but yeah harping back to the the old motocross days it was just me and my old man like heading off around the country and um we we loved it we we again it's like an individual sport out there but there is a bit of a team behind each individual and um yeah we, we we worked our way up there and and again it's just it's that kind of racing mentality i suppose you want to uh you're as good as your last game and um we wanted to just kind of get better up get better each time it was i think it does it's uh it's got to, it's got to be in there somewhere in each and every ironman that that toes the line it's uh, there's got to be a want to kind of better yourself from last week or last year or every time you you mentioned Paul. Uh, we've had him on here on the Cone Edge uh, before as well, and 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 you mentioned straight up that he is sending you programs. Did did it ever cross your mind that you want to try and figure this out on your own, or if, has it been you know tell me what to do and and I'll do it and, and we'll take it from there? Uh, no, Paul. It was a massive help um, getting Paul on board. Um, well, him taking me on board more than anything. Um, so yeah, because uh, again, it's a pretty risky situation. I was pretty green, um, didn't know anything about the sport really, so. Uh, I remember one of the things that rings true from Paul saying um, is go and be a, become a student of Ironman and just learn about um, learn about the sport outside of doing the sport as well. So uh, the, the plans he was sending me were were, were brilliant and uh, you know really pushing me and and taking me out of my comfort zone and um, starting me from almost from you know almost from scratch. It was quite. Uh, I hadn't done much swimming. I hadn't. I've never had a a swimming lesson in any capacity or um, any kind of structured bike sessions. I was just kind of heading out on my bike. That was that was all I ever knew. And um, just running and adding a mile here and adding a mile there. It was. Uh, it was. It, it really added that that structure and and that uh, science behind why you were doing it, as well as just getting out there and doing it. Do you reckon that's the way to go for someone who's listened to this that's sort of starting their journey? And, and I'm on the, the other end of the coin. Like, I've, I, when I started, I, like you say, totally green, and I tried to figure this thing out on my own for years uh, before I, I went and looked for help. And, and, I, and I'm not sure I would change that because for me that was good. But in, in your mind, do you think it's important to get help up front? It was for I think, yeah, on an individual basis, it definitely was for me because I, I, I just 
I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I, I've asked the, the, most, the stupidest questions over over those first few weeks of uh, uh, about equipment, about um, the rules, regulations, everything. So um, it, it was really helpful to me, and uh, I don't think I necessarily would have figured it out. And um, again, I was I was on my own. It was uh, I was still doing breakfast radio at that time. Um, so it was quite nice to have kind of someone to share that share the experience with as well. Kind of going from a complete novice to um, completing it in in a I had no no kind of time goal in that first one. It was just kind of get around. And then when I finished, it was like, oh, you know, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's um, all of a sudden that became a a starting point rather than um, a fin- uh, me completing it. Yeah, it was uh, that was like my my launch pad for to go on and do and have another go yeah what's the biggest lesson that iron man in this journey has taught you about yourself ah um i've, I've been able to just like just find out so much more about what i'm capable of and what i'm willing what i'm willing to give up and to make something happen so a lot of people that um i used to go to school with for example that i still speak to they're like i can't believe you're doing this i can't believe you do like your your dedication is amazing and after a while it doesn't feel like it it is dedication it just feels kind of like it's it's genuine one of the mill. it's like you know I'll, I'll i'll pop and meet you for a drink later but i've just got to do this um this hour bike session or, or whatever it's just this kind of switches to being um non-negotiable really it's like well this is this is what's in the plan this is what's happening and i I just learned to manage my time a lot better and what i am actually capable of i i'm always kicking myself that if i'd have put this much effort into the motocross (laughs) um (laughs) we could have done a few bit a bit better things there but um yeah it's never been um a question of kind of getting the sessions done which in in i don't know five six year old six years ago version of me might have just been ah what are you talking about now this I'm, I'm going out tonight i'm doing this instead so yeah it's been a complete kind of shift in um my entire kind of way of life really yeah it becomes it becomes a bit of a new normal and, and you mentioned time management i think that's a, a a big thing that a lot of age groupers struggle with particularly ones that are working full-time and and even though your hours are different i mean you have a full-time job you you've got a life outside of work and triathlon you're you you're in a relationship how do you how do you juggle that i, I mean you, you you spoke about sacrifice and and what goes into particularly competing and 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 being able to qualify to race on the big island so you've got to give things up and how do you how do you decide what's important and what's not yeah um that's not always my decision when like you say i'm in a relationship so um uh i have to kind of fit in around uh my my, my partner works uh usual hours so she's home at uh, six o'clock at night and she'll she'll want to have uh dinner or go and see some friends or pop to the cinema and i've got this i, I because i'm up at so early at 3 30 I, I, I look to go to bed about nine o'clock so um <laughs> there's a short window there so i try and get all my training done before six o'clock and i'm showered and ready for her um coming back as though nothing's ever happened for her (laughs) um so that's it's just fitting it all in around that and then weekends are always a tough sell when um you've got to kind of go out and hit a five hour five hour ride and you've not seen her all week again that's kind of 
that's up at five, up at six to make sure you can get that training in before the the middle part of the day. Because once you once you have a lie in, you go to you get past nine, ten o'clock. That's that's the entire day spent on on what she considers a, just going out and enjoying yourself on the bike. Um, it's, uh, it's it's a very fine balance between. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm re- relatively lucky to be able to do that. I think if it was the other way around, I'd be getting home from work and then training and then seeing her. Whereas I'm I'm lucky enough to kind of get it out of the way if I if I can do before she gets in. Um, and you know, we try and do do a lot together as well. So you know, I sometimes try and get her out on the bike riding alongside me while I'm having a run and try and kind of spend a lot spend time together that way. But um, yeah, that's all. That's a bit of a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tell me, tell me about what's next. You, you've mentioned ticking the box of Kona. I mean, in order to 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 get yourself out and and train, however many hours a week you need to train, you do need goals. Have you have you given it much thought about what you want to attempt next? Oh, certainly. Like the the absence of of a goal um, has made just getting out the door putting the trainers on just so much more difficult it's um you feel all of a sudden you're back from this epic achievement and then there's loads of time on your hands and that you would normally have um had spent training all of a sudden becomes this huge void um so yeah i've got uh i've signed up for a marathon for next year you know just to try and get me out the door and, and start running now uh, i've got six months to, to have a, like a nice build to that I'd, li- I'd really like to have a good go setting a, a nice marathon time um just off the back of kind of pure marathon training i suppose um uh probably look at doing a lot of uh time trial events on the bike and, and a few more kind of cycle specific races um i've always hated swimming so i'm happy to kind of just hang up that for the minute i'll um probably start getting back in the pool a bit doing more kind of specific sessions maybe uh just after the new year, just to kind of tick over. It's, it's always good for fitness and a bit of conditioning to keep up the swimming, but I, I, they were they were getting harder and harder to hit those sessions. <laughs> um, so I'm just kind of genuinely doing the things I enjoy. So again, riding riding on a, on a weekend with some friends of mine that have always kind of been into cycling and wanted to go out, but I've been kind of, oh, I can't this weekend because today is, uh, I've got to do this specific ride at this specific pace and this on this route and things but now it's nice to just be able to say right let's meet at eight nine o'clock we'll do two or three hours have a chat catch up and and it's just doing the things that i genuinely enjoy doing that happen to be training rather than kind of specific training what's the one piece of of tech that you've sort of picked up over the years that you think has given you the the, the sort of biggest advantage that uh you, you could not live without the biggest bit of tech um I, i'm fairly i live quite a fairly simple life to be honest i've not got um power meters heart rate monitors or anything i just kind of um yeah pretty pretty organic in the way i i kind of go the, when i started to look at um taking it a little bit more seriously it did kind of look into the aerodynamics of everything a little bit more and um a few kind of tweaks to equipment here so you know getting a bike fit done was just again one of the, one of the biggest things that was, was a, a great idea um you know race wheels helmet like all the all these things that kind of 
make you go faster rather than tell you how fast you're going is where I've always decided to kind of put the hard-earned money. So a power meter will, will tell me how fast I'm going, but I'm not sure it's going actually going to make me go any quicker. So um, I, I've not really got too much tech. I'm, uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, uh, yeah, a bit, bit boring on that front. <laughs> I actually find that really interesting, to, to be dead honest, James, because I, I think so many people get caught up in that, uh, I need the latest gadget, I need the latest sort of kit, and uh, it's easy to, to, to sort of get caught up in that and not actually do the work on, on the bike, for example, that's actually going to make all that, that gadgetry actually come to life. Uh, I find it interesting that you, you haven't got caught up in that. You, you're one of the few people, not that everyone gets caught up in it, but I think everyone does have a, a or everyone that I've spoken to has a, has a fairly big interest in it. And, and you're like, you know, it's cool, but not for me. Yeah, my, my turbo trainer was, uh, was given to me uh, <laughs> about uh, five years ago. And it's, uh, it's a, a tatty old piece of kit, but it, it adds resistance to the bike. That's all I need. I don't need anything uh anything too too fancy or anything it's um yeah fairly simple life i love that because I, I can't even remember who it was i spoke to someone it was a couple of years ago a, a really good age group from australia and I, and I i just got to the point where i was asking people like what power me did you use and he's like no mate don't have a power me he says i don't even have a speedo on my bike and and then <laughs> I, I find that really interesting sometimes you when, when you are caught up in all this you forget actually the, the signs that your body's trying to tell you that sheesh, my, my heart's popping out of my my throat so maybe i should back off a little bit you 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 stop learning the signs that your body's sending you that's it. I've I've always raced on feel. Um, don't know anything different to be honest. And uh, I, I I I'm always a bit wary of having a, a, a race or or anything dictated to me by by a heart rate monitor or anything. It's like, well, I I I know that this is a race situation. This isn't trading. I need to um, go harder to catch him, or I need to back it off because I'm going too hard. It's you just you just can tell that in your in your own legs. I think. Mm. If you if you started your your triathlon journey over again now, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> um, oh, that's a, that's a tough question because I've I've only been doing it for a few years. So, um, what would I tell myself? Um, oh, uh, maybe get some swimming lessons. <laughs> um, I don't think YouTube's enough, uh, or just kind of following the guy that is next to you in the pool that happens to be going a bit quicker. I've just, uh, I wish I'd have got some uh, swimming lessons um, and it just worked on that technique. I, um, I, I don't, I, I hit a plateau of kind of getting in, getting quicker, so I've always kind of, I switched my focus to getting fitter. Um, so I, I, I wish I may have had, uh, yeah, some someone telling me what to do rather than. Uh, me just kind of making it up as I go along and thinking, well, he looks like he's going fast. I'll do what he does. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't always work like that because you forget that by the next length. I love that. That is that is fantastic. Uh, you, you mentioned standalone marathons. What, what's the sort of goals? You, you, I mean, I'm guessing you want to try and run them as quick as quick as you can. It, it must be quite an interesting uh, thing that uh, running a marathon without all that other cycling and swimming rubbish before it. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd mentality, the Ironman, where you. Uh, you get off the bike and you're relieved that you've only got a marathon to do. Um, <laughs> you think I'll break the back of this now. It's just, just this and I'm done. Um, so yeah, it'll be, uh, I've done a couple before. Um, uh, but this, yeah, I think, you know, it's just nice to have a go, have a go at something a bit more, uh, relatable as well. A lot of guys kind of that I talk to can't really relate to the Ironman and what it's, what it's all about. And they don't know what is a good time or what is a good, performance i suppose um so yeah i think a marathon i'd be looking 
um, you know, to give it a real good, a real good go. Maybe you know, go sub three hours if I can, um, and then also pick another one to just do with some friends or, or and enjoy the training leading up to it. So do sort of some local uh, 10k races, a local half marathon where um, a few of my, like my friends that don't want to run the marathon, we can kind of have a plod round together and you know just get the the social aspect of, of everything back that has been absent for me for the last year two years really while I've been kind of getting my head down doing my own thing and no one's been getting in the way of me doing my own thing I've if, if someone's been wanting to go out on a bike ride it's again like I say it's been afraid not like this this is my bike ride today it's it's six laps of a flat course there's no scenery um <laughs> uh it's not the usually the typical Sunday ride it's tough that uh, the 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 solitude of it, it's, and and sometimes doing all that training on your own does make you stronger when it comes to race day. But how, how do you deal with, or how have you dealt with it? Obviously, you've decided you know what you want to go more into the social side of things. But to to stay motivated, knowing that you've got to go out on your own, it's possibly not as you say the most scenic route. But this is what's on the program; it's got to be done, and uh, let's go and do it. How how do you sort of g yourself up to get out there and just do it? Yeah, I've never, I've never really known anything different, to be honest. Uh, I've always kind of done it on my own, so it's never been um, too. Uh, I've always kind of worked off my own time scale. Uh, I'll get everything laid out the night before and just get get up and go the next day. I've not been, I've never really been too um, struggled too much with the with the solitude of it, because just because I've never known anything different. It's we have a there's a little route around around here that's got kind of three left turns on it. It's a flat road with no traffic lights and no roundabouts and um if you do six laps of it it's 100 miles and it's the most boring dullest route in the world but you, you it's a great kind of test that you can do um every kind of six weeks or something just, just to see where you're at and uh that that takes some going <laughs> to do six laps of the same of three left turns and you're on the bars you're on the aero bars for the entire time it's uh that's that's a, a that's just as mental tough as mental tough as a workout as as physical um but uh, yeah i've never really missed um doing anything with anyone else so I, I did, my saturday morning uh used to kind of go go and run with some guys um but again it was uh, the, it always always comes back to the hours that that i work the there was no point in me joining a a, a triathlon club for example because they, they start their sessions at seven at night till eight eight thirty, and that's kind of when I'm going to bed. Or their swim sessions in the morning are six o'clock, six thirty, and that's when I'm at work. So joining a tri club has never really been um, on the cards for me. So it's always been just you've, you've got to do it by yourself. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can sort of uh, sympathize with that because that's exactly exactly my situation out of the three disciplines what would you say is your your, your best which is your worst I, i'm guessing the swim's your worst uh, <laughs> out, out of the other two which is which is your best uh, i'm a, i'm a cyclist yeah i've i've always always loved it um and always uh, had that as a bit of a secret weapon um yeah i can kind of just happ- happily stay on my bike most days and um so I am on I am on UK. It was uh, that 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 bike leg got me to Kona pretty much. It was uh, I came out of the water in my usual um, usual time. Uh, but again, like I said, I was I was trying to get fitter at swimming rather than faster. So I came out of it a lot fresher than than I have ever had done, uh, and just got my head down and and axed the bike as as, as much as I can. And 
yeah, definitely a strong cyclist. Brilliant. We'll, we'll save that, the chats uh, about the individual disciplines for next time. James, thanks for your time here on the Kone today. Much appreciated. We look forward to, to, to delving into what you've done in those individual disciplines to get better over, over the, the period you've been in the sport. But, uh, yeah, we'll, ch- we'll chat uh, next time. Thanks for your time today. Great. Cheers, Brad. Speak soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.